0: welcome back y'all to episode 149 of the zachary wingate podcast where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day nothing is off the table the intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast as well as forming, as well as entertainment so sit back relax and listen and enjoy the show I mean, what the hell? You open up and you get your mindset to where you need to be. But what's so difficult sometimes is managing all the expectations around you. How can you ever reach your full potential when you can't even manage your room? Build a basic foundation. How you do one thing is how you do all things. All things. So it's really important to understand that as we embark on a new year and how we want to build our mindset to be a better version of ourselves. how do we do that? Well I think the first thing you have to do really is manage your expectations for what you want to achieve. Achievement is really a representation of you hitting your goals as well as failing. Um, the closest thing to success is failure where the action of doing nothing gets you nowhere. Okay. So whenever you understand that, what you have to really be willing to do is reach deep and understand that it takes steps. And these steps are very, very, um, these steps take time. You know, I look at where I was 10 years ago and I look at where I was five years ago, three years ago, one year ago to now and movement has always occurred. Um, You might ask, you know, Zach, what have you accomplished? Well, first and foremost, I think the the biggest adversity I've ever faced is dealing with dyslexia. Um, I think trying to understand how dyslexia works understanding how to implement and put in new processes for learning within the academic environment, within the career environment, but also understanding how to deal with the subconscious shame of not being able to read. Um, You wouldn't think that would have such a strong impact, but I had to deprogram my mindset for the last three years, four years to get over it. You know, and I have seen adversity as a result of having dyslexia. You know, people ask me to leave jobs. Schools try to fail me. And it's not anything to do with my intelligence. It's the fact that the process of information which is created is fundamentally not wired for my brain to understand. Because in all reality, when we look at the English language, it's a form of communication, but it's not the communication in which we that comes most natural. Or speaking and doing body movement, body language, interacting one-on-one is a more natural way to communicate. Written language is a form that we've created. When we look at the rules of the English language, there's no consistency with it because multiple cultures have an influence on it. So you have to memorize it. Well, what is it like being dyslexic? So sometimes people don't understand it. And at the fundamental principle, if you are dyslexic, what you have to understand, is that the way your brain is wired is different. The way your left and right side communicate is different. And the way you see the world is different. And it's a representation of absorbing information. So what does it have to do with anything? The podcast today. It's, under, it's really being able to articulate that each one of us have differences. And understanding our differences allows us to be able to force them to allow us to be our strengths. Um, my strengths are a representation of adversity. And adversity in itself is what will push you to where you need to be. If you think about where we are in life right now in this current state, current age of technology, everything is really brought to us. I can order food, it's brought to me. I can buy a movie it's brought to me i can buy clothes it's brought to me everything is brought to me the only effort i have to put into is obtaining money and money in itself can be obtained in multiple ways depending on your job you can work really hard physically you can work mentally or you might be in a job where you just coast and as a result of coasting you find yourself in a comfort level that seems good um thinking why should you push yourself but adversity is really what breeds the best type of environment for your mind your body and your heart as people as individuals you know we look at how originally we were built in tribes tribal individuals we look at the concept of even um tribal leaders you know what are you bringing to the group you know and a lot of research done on alpha males so alpha male in itself is a really interesting terminology because it derives from um groups of apes and how the alpha male is is considered to be the leader but when you really identify the alpha male within a group you know we think about this person who's alpha male who's going to say what they want who's going to come and you know and just be a strong person um, and take what, it, take what he wants take, or, you know, take anything that they want. And there's no real repercussions because they're quote unquote alpha. But when you really look at the terminology of alpha, what does it mean? Well, alpha means to be a leader. It means to create alliances. It means to help people. You know, if you look at how, if you look at how these Alpha leaders become part of the the herd or the tribe. You know, it's really based on sharing, you know, politicking, giving fruit. You know, and it's like just because you're alpha doesn't mean you're the most influential influential person in the group. So as we embark on this mentality of like alpha males and 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 understanding it, it's like you what we have to really know is that when you take a strand of information the information itself can be manipulated in order to create different outcomes and this is where it's so important to understand and trust your gut i think in this current age we are looking at information overload um we are absorbing information at a high rate and sometimes it can mislead us It can create confirmation bias. And to keep an open mind and a strong heart is probably the best approach for how we lean forward into the future. Um, And when I say that, it's like when we look at different instances happening, for example, with um, examples with information, like you look at Andrew Tate. Greta Thornburg, when I originally talked about this pizza box in which how they're able to find Andrew Tate, that was a complete lie. And I said it because that was the information that was presented to me when I just did a brief research over it. But that really wasn't it. You know, and there's there's artillery there's arterio- there's there's other things going on behind the scene in order to manipulate that information. So how do we discern it? Well, what we have to do now really is look at trusted sources of information and we see these interesting movements happening right now where we don't really understand it and when I say that it's, 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 it's pushing for these identities to be multiple concepts and when I say that, is like how we interpret the, the transgender movement now for me personally I don't really have a problem if somebody wants to transition um, I think that that's up to them and obviously they've made that decision and it's not an easy one but i do have issues with people telling you what you have to say um you know i think that it's okay to be okay trans woman or trans male but taking out that part and saying you are in fact a woman and if you do have a difference of opinion on it, then you're labeled, It's a, you know, you can all come together and have a construction, con- constructive conversation of it. You know, it's not like I can, I can't ever change certain things about me, one of them being dyslexic. I will always view the world as it relates to reading in a certain way. I can't change the way I think about things, um, you know, in terms of writing and spelling. I can work hard, I can learn it, but sometimes I forget how to how to spell, how to read, how to write, and that's just how my mind is wired. I can't ever out shake that, couldn't take anything to do it, there's nothing in my brain that can be changed, that is just how I am born, and there's certain things like that where you have to understand it's just the way you're born, you know, and if anyone says, you know, with me, when, when it comes to having dyslexia, there's countless moments where people are like, why can't you spell, why can't you read, why can't you write, and because I'm born this way, I have to take that sting and absorb it and communicate why that is, But I can't change that I can only communicate the differences I have and I think sometimes as we get to this point of understanding who we are it is about communicating hey this is how I am I can't change that and this is just the way I was born and there's certain aspects like that that you cannot argue with I can't ever say I'm not dyslexic can't ever say I identify as not being dyslexic That, that that wouldn't work because at the end of the day you put me in front of a book and ask me to do a book report i'm gonna have certain things that i have to do technically that i can't change you know and i think that's really what's important as why we start facing this and then even when within the dyslexic community there's so much adversity with you know, being, you know, neurodivergent, whatever. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, I, I really shouldn't worry about how the world sees me because it it doesn't matter. You know, how I see myself is the most important thing. I can't make you say something about me, you know, that you don't want to say. And it's like, you know, that's that to me, that's really too. Also a definition of being an alpha is reaching a point where you're like, I'm so comfort with myself, comfortable with it with myself that I don't need outside labels to Indicate who I am today. I don't need another person to recognize X just to make me feel better about myself. I should internally already have that. Now, if I were to tell everybody that I do not, that you can no longer, that I no longer identify as X, but for example, I no longer identify as having dyslexia, and if I can't read and write right, then you have to absorb that. That's going to be a conflict, you know, like those are the things about. Identifying what's real and not real that are so important you know it's like I could force people to say something I could create a movement but that doesn't really change anything other than the fact that I'm now bending the reality of the conversation you know and that's really where we have to start to identify what that is it's not being mean it's not being hateful it's not doing anything other than holding accountability and holding the line for how we want to perceive the future you know in a lot of ways because of this information overflow we are facing things we've never faced before and that's 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 the rapid um the rapid control of narratives for an example if we look at napoleon napoleon never was short napoleon didn't have a napoleon complex you know, those were our narrative psyops, if you will, being created by the English government in order to thwart the fact that people feared him, you know, and they stuck historically. You know, that's what we talk about today. That's what you see in his paintings, you know, and that's stripped that's down. But now we can see within this generation's generations of narratives being molded, created and stolen. And it's really interesting, you know, if I'm talking to people younger than me, I can have a conversation, but I'm never coming of a place of personal attack, but it's like hold the line, We, what do we want to talk about here, where's the accountability, you know, where's the consistency, um, and how can we work together to create stronger information, it's like, it's so funny how, you know, I used to work in an environment, where people like talked about millennials, this, millennials, that, I'm like, I'm a millennial and I've never, I've never really understood what you're saying about me. I can't work hard. I want more hours. I don't think I should, I'm entitled, all these things that never happened for me. I never identified that way. But the narrative was so strong about the quote unquote collective that people were using that as confirmation bias to identify what they needed to say. So when I I articulate this, I'm really saying in a way that you have to be able to understand your confirmation bias if you want to have an open mind. Because everything goes back to this programming in our brain, Um, this subconscious programming that allows us to kind of go through our day to day and feel and think certain ways. And I say that because keep on this con on this topic of dyslexia so much of my life was dictated about being dyslexic oh I'm dyslexic I don't know if I can do that oh I'm dyslexic I don't know if I can do that and then when I got to a point of being like dyslexia is nothing other than a form of communication in which I received it opened up my mind okay now I understand what this means now I understand that I can take these steps and if i work a little bit harder than everyone else no one's going to notice the difference or i find an environment that i can dominate and after that it's like if you can make people money there's no reason to feel any different you know because you could be the smartest person in the room or you could be the most hardworking person in the room and you can see which one at the end of the day is going to win and consistently you know i don't need to tell you that but it's the ability to put your nose in the grind zone. if i look at my third grade class okay and I look at how much money they've earned mind you I failed third grade if I look at both third grade classes I can identify that I have reached a higher level of success both academically and from a career standpoint okay and I'm saying that because you know when you fail a grade like there's nothing more humiliating than that especially when you're the only one